Rebbe Yamin Goredetsky, uh, he presented the Sefer Torah to the Rebbe in his Yechidus room in 770, and it remained there until Rosh Hashanah. Um, so just to, before we continue that part, just to go over a few things, um, the Rebbe had many items that happened to belong to the to the brothers, um, like uh, Rapinia, <clears throat> um, Shmuel Abba uh, gave Rapinia to give to the Rebbe, uh, the, a mezuzah, a, a kiddush becher plate, a psalmin box, um, Two and a half years later, after the Rebbe got the Sefer Torah, Rebbe Shmuel Abba also gave the Rebbe a walking stick that belonged to Rebbe Shmuel Abba of Slavita. Um, also a volume of Chaitli Yisrael. Chaitli Yisrael was, um, was put together by the Arizal. Basically, it's a system of learning. Every single week, you learn the same, like, like you basically, it's like, you know how we do chitas? Right? So Chag Nisrael is like a similar thing that every single day of the week it will tell you, learn these 10 Psukim today. Learn this part of Mishnayis. It had a little bit of Zayhar, Mishnayis, Musar. It had a bunch of different stuff in there altogether. Anyways, so he gave the Rebbe a, a, a volume of Chag Nisrael that the brothers used while they were in prison. Um, the, the walking stick, by the way, if you go, it's in the Rebbe's library today. Right? You can go upstairs, whatever, where the stuff is, and you can see it over there. Anyways, on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe opened the door to go to the shul, to Davin Shachos with the minion, and he, no- he noticed a younger man, a young guy standing in the outer hallway leading to his room. The Chassidim called this Gan Eden Atachtoin. And the Rebbe said to him that the Sefer Torah should be brought to the Aron Kodesh in the Zal. In the shul and being that the younger man wasn't wearing a hat at the time because remember he was he was just standing there he wasn't expecting to do anything so the Rebbe pointed there was a hat lying on the steps you, you would think 770 you know it was all clean and nice the guy's hat was lying on the steps over there so the Rebbe just pointed to the hat and uh, in the, showing that the guy should put it on before taking the Sefer data so he uh, he puts on the hat could, could you imagine you're, you're just some, some young chassid and you're just happened to be standing there and the Rebbe opens his door and says, Hey, you, get over here now. Like, like this guy's probably terrified. So he comes into the Rebbe's room, he picks up the Sefer Torah that was lying on, t- they have this, this table still there in the Rebbe's room. The Rebbe Maharash made a round table. So that's still in the Rebbe's room over there. So the Sefer Torah was on, on that round table. And the Rebbe motioned that uh, they were leaving the room. The Rebbe said, okay, you go first. But he stood still because as a chassid, you don't walk in front of the Rebbe. And he was just standing there like, I can't walk in front of the Rebbe. And seeing that he wasn't moving, the Rebbe told him, do haust the Sefer Torah. You're, you're holding the Sefer Torah, meaning you're not supposed to walk in front of a Sefer Torah. You need to go first. And he then proceeded with the Sefer Torah, with the Rebbe following him. And he put it in the Oren Kodesh in the Zal. <coughs> on, a, uh, on a personal, for a personal story. Um, <coughs> um, the, my uh, 
sister-in-law's chuppah took place in 770. This is many, many years ago. Um, no, so my, my wife's grandfather was the Rosh Shiva in 770. And after the chuppah, a lot of times the family would, they, they would time the chuppah to be a time when they knew the Rebbe would be walking out of his office. And um, so the moment they entered the hallway, after the chuppah, the Rebbe came out of his room to Davin Mincha, I'm sorry, to Davin Meir. And the Rebbe's minug was that when a chuppah took place outside of 770, meaning it was directly in front of the Rebbe's room, the Rebbe knew when it was going on, so he wouldn't dive in Meir while the chuppah was still going on, because imagine everyone's by the chuppah, and then someone says, oh, the Rebbe came to Davin Meir, everybody is going to leave the chuppah, right, to go Davin Meir. Um... So after the chuppah was over, he, he waited a few more minutes to let everyone say Malstov to the Chasna Kala. And <clears throat> then he would, uh, he wanted to wish Malstov to the Chasna Kala uh, on his way to Myrif. So after the chuppah, my, uh, the, after the chuppah, the, the whole family uh, goes into the hallway. And the Rebbe came out of the room. And, um, so he wished them all Mazel Tov and he gave them a bracha and he also uh, chose to give coins to the members of both families to give to Sadaka. and then he turns to the grandfather of the Kala my wife's grandfather uh, Yisrael Yitzchak Pekarski um, and he said the Chachamim say that a Chassan is compared to a king and a Kala is compared to a queen so, can a regular person appoint a king and queen as a messenger? Meaning, the Rebbe is trying to say, when, when you give uh, uh, coins to someone, why are you giving it to them? That there should be a shliach mitzvah. But if someone's a king or a queen, can you appoint them to be, to do a mitzvah, giving tzedakah? So, so my wife's grandfather didn't answer because... The way the Rebbe asked the question, the Rebbe said, could a simple person make a chassan and kala a shliach? Now, the reason he didn't answer the question was because the Rebbe is not a... To answer the question would imply that the Rebbe is a simple person. So he just stood there and didn't answer. And remember, my wife's grandfather, Rabbi Pekarski, was not a Lubavitcher chassan, by the way. So he was a Rosh of 770, but he wasn't, he wasn't a Lubavitcher. Um, so the Rebbe repeated the question a second time, and again, my wife's grandfather just stood there and, like, he's not going to answer the question, because that's like, it's like a chutzpah to answer the question. So the Rebbe said a third time the question, and again, he didn't answer again. So the Rebbe said, I asked you a question three times, and you didn't give me an answer. I don't know what to do. Or the Rebbe said, I don't know what to do. So the Rebbe stayed standing there for a few seconds, then he said, no, I'll give them coins to give to Tzedakah. That's it, right? Anyways, the, the say, uh, and just to make it clear, by the way, um, it was very, very rare that the Rebbe gave the uh, Chassan and Kala Tzedakah to get money, to get coins to give to Tzedakah right after the Chuppah. I don't, I don't think it ever happened any other time. Anyways, moving right there in the story. So the Sefer Taita was already rolled to the Kriya of Maftir of that day. And in Taka that day, the Rebbe was called up for the first time for Maftir in the Sefer Taita of Mesiris Nefesh, which 
became known in Lubavitch as the Rebbe's Sefer Torah. Two days later, the Rebbe wrote a letter to the Shmuel Abba, thanking him once again um, for the, the like, like showing a, expressing his gratitude for having been given the privilege of receiving an aliyah in this special Sefer Torah. And the Rebbe also wrote a letter to the Pinya, to the Pinya Altois. And in the letter, he explained that the reason he waited to use it until the second day of Rosh Hashanah is because he wanted the bracha of Shechiyonu to refer to the extreme happiness that he feels about uh, making a bracha on that Sefer Torah. This Sefer Torah was only used for Kriyas Torah on those days when the Rebbe received uh, an aliyah in it. So it was used on Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbosim for Mincha. And it was also brought out on Yomim Tovim. And on those Shabbosim that you needed two Sefer Torah, a second one from after. So on, on these occasions, the Sefer Torah would be used always for the Kriya of Maftir. And the Aliyah was always given to the Rebbe. Uh, additionally, the Rebbe would use the Sefer Torah on two other occasions every year. So he would hold it during Kol Nidre. And he would dance with it on Shemini Atzeres and Simchas Torah by Hakafas. Um, uh, the Sefer Torah was only used um, yeah, so that's so, that, that's, uh, so today, for example, um, when I was in Kron Heights, uh, you know, I, I haven't been there for a while, so the way it works is they take out the Rebbe Sefer Torah by Hakafas, and there's a huge line to, to kiss the Rebbe Sefer Torah. When I say huge, I mean, you could be waiting on that line for like 30, 40 minutes, easy. So usually what happens is that you, you know, a lot of people, they do Hakafas in another shul, and by then they already uh, said a lot of l'chaim. And then they make your way to 770, right? And then you dance in 770, and then you could go online to kiss the Rebbe Sefer Torah. So you can imagine the line is one big fabringen happening because half the people are drunk on the line. And uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like part of, uh, you know, growing up, it was part of uh, your Simchas Torah that you had to do. Like, you have to kiss the Rebbe Sefer Torah by covers. It's part of the thing. Anyways, so with this we are done the... Uh, the story of the brothers of Slavita. And again, I think the most important thing to take out from the story is the Mesiris Nefesh you should have for, for Yiddishkeit. You don't have to be, you don't have to give up your life like they did. Baruch Hashem, we don't live in such times, but if Chas Veshalem, you're ever playing a sport and Yamako falls off, it's not the worst thing in the world to stop and pick it up and make sure not to walk even anywhere without a yarmulke.